This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hi, I'm Chris Avino with American Outdoor News, and welcome to the American Outdoor News Podcast. Today, we're going to be speaking to a man who encapsulates the outdoor industry. He's a wildlife biologist, conservationist, outdoor writer, and the host of Dallas Safari Club's Trailing the Hunter's Moon. He's one of the hardest working men in the outdoor industry, Larry Wiseun. All right, we're here with Larry Wiseun. Larry, thanks for taking the time. Hey, we're here at the NRA show over at the Ruger booth. Life is good. Can't be any worse. I know it can't, can't be. I can't get any better. I don't think. <laughs> now, prior to your career in the outdoor industry, you were um, a uh, wildlife biologist. I did. I started doing uh, wildlife disease research and animal nutrition work with the Department of Veterinary Pathology while an undergraduate at Texas A&M under the auspices and the contract with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. Worked for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department in various capacities. And the, 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 the last five years, I was what they call the technical assistance biologist, which set up management programs for ranchers and hunting groups in the southern third of Texas. And then I left there when. They told me they had a great job for me in the office in Austin, <laughs> the headquartered <laughs> building. I said, you know, I don't really want to do that. And then I got into, I'd gotten into writing already and a bunch of other things. And, and uh, But yes, the background is a wildlife biologist. So you set up um, thousands of acres of... Uh, we actually ended up probably somewhere in the neighborhood, not only in Texas, but eventually ended up probably setting up management programs on about somewhere between 13 and 15 million acres over the years, so quite a bit of country. Okay, so that not only helps the conservation of the animal. We did, we did a lot of habitat work, and one of the things that we learned is, is we tried to improve the habitat for whatever the game species was or the game bird was, is the non-game animals benefited so much more than, than the targeted species did. And, and what we did is we would vary and, and increase the variation of the, the, of the uh, vegetation that was there. So you ended up having more butterflies, you had more, you know, a little ground animals, you had better animals all the way across. But uh, that, that's one of the beauties of, of trying to manage for game species when you do that, 
everything benefits. The habitat benefits. When that happens, every critter that's out there, every species that's there, sometimes you'll even gain birds that hadn't been in that area for 100 years or so. So it's a trickle-down effect. It is. It, it's a very, very much a trickle-down effect that has an unbelievable effect upon the total, uh, total populations of wildlife there. So how do you transition from that to outdoor TV and, and writing? Well, I always loved to write, and I started writing many, many years ago. I saw my first National Magazine article in 1970, and uh, it was a transition from there. During the years, I did a lot of talks regarding management and all those kind of things, and served kind of as the wildlife, I mean, whitetail authority for, for guys like Bill Jordan's Realtree years ago. We did a lot okay. of things with Bill. And, so anytime anybody came to Texas that was wanting to learn about white-tailed deer that was in the outdoor field, I kind of got pushed in front of people because I didn't mind opening my mouth and talking about, you know, what the benefits were of doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's always good to talk about what we love to do. Absolutely it is. I mean, hunters are the true conservationists. Without hunting, we would have so many fewer species, and that's including plants as well because one of the things that we've learned over the years wild populations can recover very quickly if there's sufficient amount of food but what happens is is when the habitat's destroyed it can take lifetimes for it to repair where it comes back so I mean hunting plays a very important role in all that well um, you've written say 2,500 3,000 articles on on the topic as well as uh, many of the hunts that you've been on. <laughs> I've, I've been very fortunate. I, I came along at the right time, particularly in terms of white-tailed deer, because years ago I was around when the interest in white-tailed deer that we saw develop over the years was in its infancy. And I did. I wrote a lot of, served on staff with a lot of different publications like Deer and Deer Hunting, did a lot of things with them, uh, served on staff with Peterson's Hunting and a whole lot of other publications. And also with, with Shooting Times, which gave me the opportunity to write about a lot of the writing things, Sporting Classics, which allowed me to tell stories. And so it was, it was a covering of a lot of different things over the years and did a lot of freelancing, like for the NRA publications. Yeah. So uh, for a new young outdoor writer starting out in the industry, what kind of advice would you give them? I think the best thing that you can do is get a good background in business. <laughs> <laughs> to begin with, most of the time, those of us that live the outdoors, we forget about the fact that, hey, this has also got to be a business. But generally what I suggest to people is that come to me and ask about that kind of thing is get a good education. Uh, take some journalism courses. Take photography courses. These days, the cameras we have are so much different from when I started. When you had a 35 millimeter with film that you had to have processed, and you take 300 pictures and you'd end up with two of them out of there worth it. Yeah, with, now with the digital, it's made everything a whole lot easier. Excuse me. But get as many experiences at what you possibly can as well, too. And then, you know, maybe even keep a little journal on it so you can remember those things, particularly people's names. Now, the industry has changed tremendously it, uh, it, over it's, the years. It's a total change from where I started from many, many years ago, and it continues to change. It's a, it is a very dynamic industry. Now, um, for somebody new starting out in the industry, a new hunter, what would you, what advice would you give a new hunter? A, a new hunter, one of the things you. that I would strongly suggest is get with people that, that know something about hunting, that know about 
the archery equipment they're going to use, the guns that they're going to use. Learn as much as you can about the current laws and the, the situations where they are. But then I think the biggest thing is after you've covered some of the bases with some of these others and you spent some time around people, go hunt. Learn what you can from others and then learn the rest by yourself. Get out there and experience. You lead to me when somebody says, what's the best advice you can give a hunter? It's go hunt. Yeah. Go hunt. Get out there and spend time in the woods, in the trees, or, or wherever you're going to do. I mean, but get out there and learn. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. And um, Chris, thank you. Thanks again. And that's our show for today. Thanks again for watching our American Outdoor News podcast. You can always go to AmericanOutdoorNews.com for more great interviews and stories. And remember, whether you're hunting the plains of Africa, hiking the Appalachian Trail, or uh, fishing the Sea of Cortez, American Outdoor News has it covered. Thanks again.